This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, here with my guy Spencer. Spencer, how are you feeling after an absolute dismantling? The boogeyman is dead, but going to the final of the Champions League, your team, Manchester City. The king is dead! The king is dead! Oh... I'm, I'm on cloud nine, man. Um, just happy to finally talk about it. We're, we said Thursday, day late, hopefully not a buck short. Man in the arena, hand up. That's on me. Had a little <laughs> crazy thing yesterday. But uh, Yeah, after after the win, Spencer spent nine hours running through the streets of uh, suburban St. Louis, just, just running through the streets, just yeah. on an absolute bender. I- I've actually been blacked out for the last 48 hours. I only came to about four or five hours ago, uh, naked in a street corner. And we're, we're just happy happened. he's safe at this point. Yeah. We're just happy he's safe at yeah. this point. We had to get family involved. We had to get friends involved. Um, he was already on a watch list when they just drew uh, Real Madrid. So uh, absolutely getting it done in the second leg. I mean, I, I think that's actually kind of where to start. Like, you guys didn't just win the game. You guys were dominant. You guys looked really good. Andrew, um, I tweeted it out at, when the game ended, and I've had you know 48 hours to think on it now. I think I'm going to stand by my take of this is the single, or was, this was the single best performance I think that I've seen from Manchester City under Pep Guardiola. It was... Oh, wow. About is good, like when you consider the opponent and stuff, right? Like when you consider it's Real Madrid, a world-class team, the defending champions of Europe who are a perennial threat in this competition to not only beat them, not only even beat them convincingly. Like they could have won 3-0 in this or 4-1 and this been a tenser game. It still felt tense in the moment, right, as a fan, because you just know that Real Madrid can do that thing where they just suck up the pressure and hit you on the counter. It was as comfortable as it could be. It was pure domination. I I think the touches in the first half and the final third were like 200 to 10 for Manchester City. Yes. It was was a shit-kicking. It was a shit-kicking, and... Still, like, that's the respect I have for Real Madrid. Until it was 3-0 in, like, the 73rd minute or whatever, I was still nervous. I was still seeing the yeah. of last year of, like, this two-goal this two league could just, you know, evaporate. They could Oof, bring in gone. Some, some crazy 20-year-old off the bench, and they could just be gone. And, uh, right. And that third goal, I was still worried. But what a performance, man. Um Obviously, it's my team. I'm going to pump the tires a little bit. What do you see as a neutral in this game? Um, I think the first, like, and I mean, this is part joke, part truth. 
how is how are you dealing with man of the match Kyle Walker? How are you dealing with um that one little stain of oh no, Kyle Walker is cementing himself and will be receiving more playing time for sure. Because I know that's something you struggle with every day. Every time he tries to pass the ball forward, you have a conniption. Yeah, I, I've got to give Kyle. <laughs> He's really good. Like, I, I'm not just a shot at you. Like, I thought he was very good in both legs of this. Right. I, I think actually, and I'm not trying to belittle him even, I think part of the reason it really worked <laughs> was when you watched how City kind of went at this game, right? Because the players on the field, all of them were great. I, I think, to me, man of the match is Pep because he got his tactics so spot on for this game. Um, he looked at Camavinga at right back, and he said, you know, I, I, we've seen Camavinga deputized there for a while. Left he, back. He, good there. he was good in the first left back. Yep. Sorry, my, my fault, my fault. But um, You're good. we've seen him deputized there, and he's been good, right? He was good against Chelsea in both legs at left back. He was good in the first leg against City. And Pep just went out and said, you know what? I don't believe it. I think this is a Fugazi, a Fugazi, a Fugazi, a Fugazi, a Woozy, a Fairy Dust. He said, okay, you can handle, you, you've, you've deputized well, you've handled, uh, who are you guys throwing at him on right wing when you guys played? You've. Oh. Uh, Sterling, this is a I mean, yeah, it's a depressing conversation. <laughs> you, Throwing at him, who are we absolutely? Who, who are we giving him as an absolute layup? Yeah, <laughs> but like I think Pep looked at it right. You've handled Sterling, you've handled uh, Mudrik, you've handled Ziyech, whoever the hell you guys threw out. He handled Bernardo in the first leg, and Pep said, "Okay, great, you're doing fine with that. I'm going to put Kevin De Bruyne out on the right with Bernardo Silva." And we're going to go yeah. 2v1 on you, and we're going to see what the hell you do when there's two guys running at you. And he was it, overwhelmed. Yeah, you want a stress test? Here's the worst kind. Here's the worst right. kind of stress test. Here, yeah. I got the best passer, and, like, is Bernardo Silva just the most underrated great player? Like, I mean. Yeah, I think he's, he's literally just, like, never stops. Just, like, he's the most – He's got the best work rate of maybe any player in Europe right now. Like, actually, mm-hmm. he's just never, yeah. he's, he's the energizer bunny out there. He's just going to keep coming at you. He's got tricks in the bag, right? I think to round that out, what I was saying is that mm. Kyle Walker wasn't, he didn't have to push forward, right? He played almost as like a third center back in this game. Yeah. They were just like, we don't need, we don't need to link this up. Like, Kyle doesn't need to link the play to Bernardo Silva. We have Kevin over there to do that. No, and, and Stone. John Stone's up in the – yeah, Stoney, yep. Yeah, and he just said, we're going to overload you down the right. Let's see if Camavinga can handle it. And the answer was a resounding no because that right side was a problem for Real Madrid – or the left side, sorry. That left side for Real Madrid was a problem the entire night. And City attacked mm-hmm. it, got their first goal from there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just a, a master class by Pep. There was no pep brain in this game, nothing that he overthought. He got everything spot on, I thought. I, I I do wonder if that's like just the edge of genius he lives on between the perfect amount of tinkering and just so far the other way. Because you look at this group and like this is essentially the same group plus a kanji from last year, right? Um, I mean, there's a big guy up front, but he, I mean, 
as much of a threat as Holland was in this game, like Madrid did a, as about a good a job as you can do on, on Holland, right? I only really counted two big chances for him. And usually he takes one, if not both of those. So, um, no, but, uh, a absolute masterclass from Pep, especially as a neutral, right? Um, putting John Stones kind of up in front of Kyle Walker to make sure all the playmaking, you know, building up goes through Stones before Walker kind of has something wrong to do. And when you just ask Kyle Walker, hey, can you be the fast? Like, I feel like all you have to do is walk by Kyle Walker and be like, you know, people think Vinicius is faster than you, right? Like, you know, like, you know, people think he's the quickest guy. And then he takes that personally, forgets how to pass forward. But any through ball or anything like that, he just runs down, right? And that's what makes that's what makes them so good. Um, I think Silva with the two goals is an easy one to pick out. Akanji gets the header to seal it, and then Alvarez just comes on and just starts scoring. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was upsetting um, how good you guys looked in this game. Um, to kind of swing it a little bit, toward, we'll come back to, to City. We talked about City the other day. Um, but this is kind of usually our opportunity to talk about Madrid, right? Um, so just to shift it a little bit, you're right. Camavinga was not, was the absolute area of concern. Why no Rudiger, do you think, in this game after he did such a good job against Holland in the first one? Because that was like my first question mark when the lineups came out. You're looking at it and you go, okay, Alaba, sure, but... Rudiger was excellent. Yeah, I'd agree. It was a little surprising, but to me, you know, somebody who doesn't watch Real Madrid week in and week out necessarily, when I sure, see yeah. them, Militao's, you know, one of the best center backs. Yeah, nailed, nailed on. Every yep. time I watch him. So I, I didn't question it too much. Rudiger was good in that first leg. Militao, if you guys don't remember, was suspended in that first leg. In so the first game. Did not play. So, but, Ru- but Rudiger, I think, was almost the man of the match in that first game, right? Keeping right. Holland in just all over him. I just – that was the first thing that stuck out. I mean, who am I to go against Carlo Ancelotti? That guy's no more knows more about football than I do, debatably. Um, but that was the first thing that stuck out to me is just like, Rudy shows up for big games, man. Not yeah. that Alibar or Militao don't, but um, yeah, no, that was that was just the first thing I noticed about the lineup. And then, um, did Courtois have the best but least rewarded half of football you've ever seen? Dude was out of his mind. <laughs> I know you yeah. had to be sweating that out. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I texted you, I believe, after he made the second Holland save, and I said something along the lines of like, "Is this guy fucking serious right now? Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> What the actual fuck? Like, this guy's going to just do this again. But he's he's so class. I, I saw a line. I wish I could remember who tweeted it. But there was um, Thibaut Courtois is the only reason this game is not going to have a Wikipedia page about itself. <laughs> because, because it would have probably been 7, 8, 9, 10 mil without him. He was amazing. He, he tried, like I said, he tried to do the – like vintage, or at least from last season, the vintage Real Madrid thing of just like be, just bending as much as possible, getting bailed out, and just you know kicking one long to Vinicius down the wing, and he squares one to Benzema, and it's a one nil and it's the Champions League title or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely some no, sweaty I, moments early. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. So 
I was, I was, I gotta say, I was a little bit disappointed. I wanted more of the Grealish Carvajal fireworks we had in the first leg, just because I thought that was fun as a neutral. It's like, oh, I would like to see these two guys actually fight each other. We didn't get as much of that. Um, my other two Madrid points, and I think we'll get back to to City, and then kind of I think looking forward here as we come up to a Manchester City Champions League final. I'll say it again for Spencer here, a Manchester City Champions League final. But is this the first time you remember the midfield of Modric and Cruz just being completely overrun? Um, Definitely one of the first times I've seen it, at least on this big of an occasion, right? I know they'll have their off weeks here and there in the league. Right, a bad half, something like that. Yeah, sure. But in the Champions League, they always they're always up for it, right? And when, mm-hmm. you know, Leclerc Modric is getting subbed off for Rudiger in like the subbed 60th off minute because... Early, yeah. Yeah, because he's not even a fan. Like in a game where they need goals, right? They need his playmaking potentially. He just... Uh, he It's one of the first times I've watched Luka Modric and been like, yeah, you know what? That guy is 38. He looks 38 to me, right? <laughs> and even... There, yes. There's even stuff that, like athletically... That aside, like there was a couple misplaced passes where he just gave the ball away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yep. I, I I think that had more to do right. It's, it's always like you're trying to pick what is it is it the chicken or the egg, right? Like I think that had a lot more to do with City's press just being absolutely perfect in this game, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he definitely looked for Luka Modric. He looked. Very pedestrian out there. Cruz as well looked very pedestrian. Cruz did have like the crazy forty-yard shot that hit the crossbar that was like you know since absolute fear down my entire spine and reminded me of what's going on and like what we're facing. But otherwise, they were both very quiet in this game. No, ab- absolutely, my thoughts too. And I think that's a really good way of putting it. Is like even the guy who's seen and played through everything was having a really hard time dealing with this pressure. So. Uh, good, good luck to uh, good luck to Milan here in a couple weeks. Um, and the last thing it was, did you? This is a, it feels like a crazy thing to say about Madrid. They didn't have any real firepower in this game, right? It it didn't see like the goal never felt like it was coming. I mean, to a neutral, which I'm sure you were sitting there worried about the goal, right? Because it's your team. But as just someone watching the soccer game, I didn't have any feel that it's like, uh oh, here comes Madrid. Right? Which is always how you feel watching Madrid play. Even when it's not going well, one bad pass and all of a sudden it's mayhem and they finish everything. So maybe just a master class by you guys, but like I felt like they needed to make like a sub you know, like a sub or something. But there was nobody that can come off the bench and help with that attack. At least yeah, I, I I definitely I definitely agree with you. Like watching from my experience, which is different than a neutral, it was when they did very on very rare occasions start to get forward. You, I have so much respect for Real Madrid that you're like, oh, it might be this time, it might be this time, like right, but right, it only takes one chance. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, though, yeah, they they created very very little in this game like there was like i said the cruise shot from 40 yards out basically that struck the crossbar Mm -hmm. but otherwise i mean you're really in the second half ederson made like a nice double save but the game was i believe three nothing already at that point so it was like even if madrid scored it was just going to 
I mean, it would have evoked fear in me 100%, but it was like late enough to where probably, you know, I knock on wood, not that it matters, this is all fictitious, but I think that Sydney would have been able to see this out regardless it was late enough. But um, uh-huh. yeah, yeah they, they, they really struggled to create a lot. And it's, you know, we talked about Modric and Cruz a second ago. Um, Benzema even was very, very quiet in this game. He had the one ball yeah. in behind that uh, was, I think he was offside anyway, and Harrison beat him to it, but that was a little sweaty. Benicius chased down a couple, but Kyle Walker, and, and hey, all this shit I give Kyle Walker, you kind of said it a minute ago, so, so bad. I've always, I've always liked <laughs> Kyle Walker's speed. Uh, he's the fastest yeah. soccer player, I think, in the world. Like, there used to always be a friendly city debate between him sterling and sane of who was the fastest i would 1000 percent put my money on kyle walker hands down every single time that guy closes yeah. people down like crazy it's the reason he can make mistakes like in possession and get back and break them up a lot of the time it's it's his saving grace is why which was why you know i'll be doing a tangent yeah. here but that's why i think at some point he's going to fall off a little bit because when that when he loses that half a step he'll be in big, big trouble <laughs> but um, <laughs> the uh the the Chase down Vinicius. And, no, and, yeah, and they, they I, I feel like, you no, know, and, and with Walker, I always think it's funny. It's like if you put up walls, if you're having all three of those guys do like a 100-meter dash or whatever, right, if you put up walls in between it and Walker doesn't know how fast he's running, I think he loses. Uh, he can't see the other two people running. I think he loses 10 out of 10 races. But if you let him see that someone else is a little bit ahead of him or has a step, I think there's no way that dude loses a race, right? If you just yeah. like, hey, Kyle Walker, run as fast, run as fast as you can. If you tell all three of them, just hey, run as fast as you can, he gets third. If you line them up next to each other and you can let it be a competition, Kyle Walker doesn't lose. He just will keep going faster. He's basically just dash from the Incredibles, except for worse ball skills, I think. But um, no, man, he's. He's great, especially when you put him kind of as just like the right-sided center back. That's that's perfect. Right. And I think, like, in the spirit of current events, uh, I was listening to something about the Preakness today, and they were talking about the Preakness stakes in the horse race, and they were talking about putting blinders on the horse so they can focus more. Like, I think if you put blinders on Kyle Walker, as you're alluding to, like, yeah, he's probably, like, a solid, like, his 40 time probably is, like, half a second, like, larger than it would have been. Like if he's, if he's oh, like yeah. a four, if he's like a four-two-four guy, it's probably all the way up to like a four-seven-four. But if <laughs> take the blinders off, let him see his surroundings, right? Like see somebody over there is running like a four-four, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna dust you by." Oh okay, yeah. That guy, no problem. Absolutely. Um, and then just kind of, I think looking ahead at city here we're not trying to give you guys too long of a pod on a uh, on a friday afternoon here that we're recording friday evening what do we think something we didn't really talk about the other day about the milan derby and how are you feeling heading into this final are you trying to at all not have it be such a confident feeling like, are you trying to temper expectations? Because, who man, they played two of the most unwatchable games of football I've ever seen, those two teams. And now you get to play the victor. You have to be licking your chops. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, Cole, Cole, Cole Palmer is super excited for his, uh, for his start in the, uh, in the final here. No, like, honestly, that's been the sentiment of most people. And that's, 
you have this weird thing as a city fan, I feel like, right, where and, – and people are right most of the time, right? They do bulldoze most teams, and it's typically pretty straightforward for them. But mm-hmm. you know how it is, even when your team is great, right? Like you watch the Blackhawks and their prime of them just plowing through everybody and winning Stanley Cups every other year. It's still very nervous in the moment if you support that team, right? You're like – you, yeah. When you when you like when you hyper a parent of a team's like strengths and weaknesses, right? Like you start to be like, well, we have a deficiency here, and like for me, it's with City. Like, what if, what if um, they like Kyle Walker just misplaces something in possession, and then we're a little open to the back, and they like, like what if it's nil nil, and like the seventy first minute, we start getting too aggressive. And, Catches on the counter attack and you sneak one in. Basically, the Chelsea game of running years ago in the final, right? Like, yeah, I didn't want to bring it up, but I'm glad you did because that because no, because that's the exact blueprint that Inner's got. Inner got to be watching Chelsea tape. Seriously, yeah. like, yep, just yeah. play solid. Let's try to get them bored. Tuchel yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, Tuchel Chelsea tape is kind of the blueprint. City, I will say, right, and this is where I'm hesitant about it because I said the same thing last year <laughs> after the Atletico Madrid fixture where I was like. They've got a swagger about them. They know how to win these games now, it seems. Like, they know how to go into – they know how to – because cities. my complaint with them for a long time was they didn't know how to go to hell and come back, like, when a team really made yeah. things uncomfortable for them. And I thought after the Atletico Madrid fixture, I was like, okay, they figured it out because Atletico Madrid took them to hell, in Madrid especially. They took them to hell and made a nasty, mucked-up street fight of a match, and they came out on top. And then, you know, they shat that all away at the Bernabeu a few weeks later. But it seems like this year, with what they did to Real Madrid, with what they were able to do against Bayern, they know how to navigate these big games. It's over two legs. This is a final. It's one leg. They've obviously won finals and cups and stuff in England. So we know they know how to do it. But I I would just say as a fan, I, I hate the overwhelming sentiment of like, I think the line city is like minus 600 or something. I hate that. Yeah. I don't love any part of that. Just I, I know how the, I, I see very much a way in which this could go wrong. I am not taking Inter lightly. I want that to be out there on the record. I am not looking at this like 100%. It's an easy victory, like so many pundits and so many neutrals are saying. I know well, how this could I mean... go wrong. I respect how this could go wrong. And I do I fancy us in the game one hundred percent, but I I know that there is a way for this. This is not money in the bank whatsoever. I'm not counting my eggs before they hatch by any. Okay, I mean, seems impossible. I know you have the history of it and stuff like that, but like I'm trying to think of it through like because Inter also just kind of show up and play their game, right? It's Dumfries down the right, Demarco down the left. Two strikers, they make, you know, get in the box, and then Barella, Kananoglu, and Mkhitaryan are just picking passes and stuff like that, right? Um, it's kind of how I think of their game, right? Solid at the back, willing to get ugly, willing to slow it down, and but, you know, can, be, can pick a pass and beat you, right? And I just don't – I'm looking at their lineup. They trotted out for the semi for, – for, uh, for the last game here against uh, AC Milan, and – like, I just don't, like, what is the ghost of Eden or uh, Eden Dzeko going to come back and get you? Like, other than some sort of weird black magic stuff that you would normally expect from Real Madrid, it looks really bad on paper, man. I, I hate to be the person tooting your horn, but 
buddy, this is this is the dream vinyl. I think you're even happier, at least with like if it was if it was AC Milan, you'd be like, I don't know, man, Rafael Leao could be crazy, and you know maybe he's the best player on the pitch in one game, right? It could happen, but I don't know, man. This is you couldn't dream this up. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Look, I'm definitely not. Like I said, I, I fancy City in this game. Like anybody else, they should win. If they don't win, it's a massive let off by City, and it's going to be held against them for a long time that they didn't win that final. I understand all that. I just I do see a way that it could happen, right? And to give Milan, Inter Milan some respect here, they did come out of a group with Bayern and Barcelona, like. We thought mm-hmm. at the time that yeah. was kind of a fluke. They've they've gone on to prove this is not that wasn't a fluke, right? They've gone on to prove no. like they got to the final. That that was that was no fluke. They got out of that group over Barcelona. They've played some really good teams in this competition. Like, did they have were they on the easier side of the bracket? Absolutely, but they had a shit. I mean, they got in the group of death. That's you know, they started the competition with fifty feet of shit on top of them, and they got out, navigated their path, and. Yeah. They are in a final, and they're they're a really good team. I think they've been massively disrespected by a lot of people over the last few days. Um, I think they're going to show up. I think they are going to be hungry in this game. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not sitting here, and I'm not going to be some doomsday <laughs> crazy person. Yeah, they're they're way up against it. They're a huge underdog, but I think they're going to be up for it, and they're really going to go at City, and they're going to. They're going to make the game ugly, right? I, I'm very confident that they're going to try to make this game ugly. City this season have proved that they've been very great at navigating that, but you never know, man. I I'm always until I see City, li- until I see Gundogan, who's been the captain this year, lifting that cup. I'm going to be relatively pessimistic <laughs> about it happening, right? I just that's how I'm programmed. I was pessimistic. Like I, we went to in 2019, a quick like side story. We went to this watch party at the arena when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, their first Stanley Cup ever in 67 years, I think it was, or whatever. Um, the Blues went up three nothing, and people were right like in the third period, and people were like, "We're gonna win, we're gonna win." And I was just yelling, "People, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up! This game's not over. There's like 10 minutes left, you guys. We could fucking lose this. Shut up." <laughs> personality of how I'm going to be until it happens. And, oh, I mean, um, you're talking to you're talking to a Cubs fan, man. You're talking to a fan of the Cubs yeah. and the Vikings. It can literally always go bad. It normally does, right? So don't need to, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Um, but like Pep having one of his best seasons, right? Ran down Arsenal, got through the league, right? Holland having the literal best season, right? KDB is at the peak of his powers. You got Gundogan, Bernardo Silva. Like, you know, you don't even start Phil Foden. Like, the the, the bench options for Inter Milan are the ghost of Romelu Lukaku, Marcelo Brozovic, who they've decided doesn't get to play for them very much anymore. And then it goes to elite talent like Joaquin Corrier, Robert, Robert, Roberto Gagliardini, and Robin Gosens, which, like, are all players, right? They're all good, fine options, right? But at the same time, it's not exactly, yeah, we didn't start Riyad Mahrez, so he'll maybe get about 15 minutes here if Bernardo gets tired. Like, that's that's the kind that's the, there's a difference between these two teams, and it's one of them is a monster, and the other one is 
it's as close to David and Goliath as you can get when two big teams get to the final, right? Certainly. <clears throat> and if look, I, I'm totally on board. If City messed this up, I, like I'm not going to be on this podcast. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah, maybe that ends the sentence. If City do, if City lose this final, though, I'm I'm not going to come on here and like make any excuses for them. It's it's a massive failure, and they they have to win this game, or they will always have this. I, I can look at the Chelsea final and say that was a well drilled team. Chelsea played a great game. Like that's a competitive final. That, that's not that was not a layup, right? Yeah. This this should be a layup for them. This would be a massive stain on the resume for City if they don't win this final. But I just. I also understand how it could go wrong. So I, I'm just a little pessimistic, but yeah, I'm definitely, I've got to fancy them in this, this uh, game, man. But we'll see how it plays out in a few weeks here. City, the treble's on too, so who knows? Yeah, no, you heard it here first. Spencer guaranteeing the treble, and he expects to lift a trophy on June 10th. Um, Pep's the greatest manager. Be, hey, by the time people are listening to this, like if, if Arsenal dropped, Three points. They don't win tomorrow. Like the league could be over tomorrow. So we could have one in the bag well, by the time you're listening to this. Either. Just an absolute shitting on my team. Like we're not even playing tomorrow. The fish and fries derby just gets absolutely shat on. The no, 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 Cole, no. the Cole Palmer Express is coming to town. Choo choo! Get off the tracks. The train is coming through. Um, they're going to throw crazy third and fourth wingers at us. You know, like Phil Foden. Um, you know, maybe get some real scrubs in there. It'll be, you know, like Julian Alvarez, that guy sucks. You know, a lot of a lot of pee time for the kids here against a uh sub oh, you relax. I'm, I'm only saying Arsenal plays tomorrow, the fish and fries derby is on Sunday. So like if Arsenal mm-hmm. if they lose the forest tomorrow, it's already over. I will I will happily concede three points to you if that's the case. If Arsenal lose tomorrow, <laughs> you can have all three points. The boys, they I might don't just give them to you. They might be like, they might just be like, "Hey, we actually just want to go out and party since we won the title. Like, we might just have a long Saturday night at the bars in Manchester, and maybe we'll just show up super hungover, just play the under twenty threes, and you guys can get a nice three points to get Frankie boy a little confidence." Yeah, man. I mean, you're not going to play your best U twenty threes, though. I mean, they're old enough to go out and party with the first team. I mean, maybe you know, play your kids right. Maybe, you know, like see if anybody's got like kids who want to play. Like Mo Salah's daughter can go out there, maybe try to play against Chelsea. It'll be great. Um, Pep's kid, I'll Pep's got to have a kid old enough to play under, still. Yeah. I'll ask Pep what the under 14s are up to on Sunday. If that's you guys got to have some, you know, a squad. Ra- <laughs> well, that being said, we do have the Fish and Fries Derby this weekend and a whole other bunch of Premier League action we will get to coming up next week. Um, the final for the, because I think just we forgot to mention, is June 10th here for your boys. So you've got still a whole another month to sit and worry. Pep's going to get his notebook out, start tinkering, start seeing what we can change. You know, what's the absolute best position? It'll never be a problem. Um, but yeah, no, uh, unless you got anything else, buddy, hit you with a quick one on, on a Friday and uh, get you ready for the weekend here. No, I mean, that's, that's all I got tonight. Uh... Friday night, ready to get back to work on this bottle of wine I cracked open a little bit ago and see where the night goes. But it's uh, we're still in celebration mode, my friend. And like I said, maybe tomorrow we'll be 
celebrating a tide a title at the old Spencer's household over here. Hopefully, if Arsenal can just lose and make it easy on me, make it easy on us. Honestly, well, if any if anybody needs if anybody needs a, if anybody needs a break, it's those poor poor boys from City. God, what have they hey, been through this year? Amazing, man. Oh, so many fine. They got so many finals to play. They'll be all tired. It'll be so bad. Talk about fixture right, pileup, man. <laughs> oh yeah, fixture pileup. Well, Chelsea's alleviated that problem next year for sure. So, um, <laughs> uh, I think on that note, buddy, I will. Uh, I'll talk to you later, man. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week when we got some more Premier League matches to talk about. Until then, friend. All right. I'll see you later, buddy.